Welcome to Season 4 of Paychecks Pulse, an HR podcast where HR professionals can find great insights on today's top issues and be inspired to build and lead effective teams in a healthier workplace. Hi, all. Rob Parsons here. Welcome back to the Paychecks Pulse podcast. This is Episode 2 of our three-part series where we're digging into the research we just conducted on the pulse of HR for 2023. Joining me is Stu Richards, CEO of Braden. Uh, they conducted the research for us, and they've done a lot of great research for us. They're a, a B2B marketing consultancy that helps develop profitable long-term relationships with small and medium-sized businesses through original market research and outreach programs. Stu, mm -hmm. welcome back. Thanks for having me, Rob. It's great to be here. I really like when we start digging into some of the, the, the details, some of the nitty-gritty here, and I, when you first gave top-line results of the study, I thought this whole discussion about the workplace was really interesting. What I, what I liked was how we've moved from adjusting to it or even just making it possible mm -hmm. to now starting to optimize it. It's like we've gotten through that forced evolution phase, and now, okay, this is the way things are. Now let's make it work. And we're mm -hmm. applying now, starting to really think about productivity, efficiency, and really optimizing this, this new normal, aren't mm -hmm. we? Yes. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. And it has just been so interesting over the past couple of years to see, you know, the forced migration to a hybrid workplace, to optimizing for the hybrid workplace, to now trying to motivate employees to return to the workplace in some cases and in other cases, um, really setting the stage for long-term success with remote or distributed employees. And it is really interesting, as you mentioned with this research, to dig into how our organizations approaching that and just to see the diversity of approaching they're taking uh, and the wealth of solutions that are available to them today. That's what I also really liked. And, and there was varying by business size, mm -hmm. by role. There was varying priorities. Could you give me a sense of what generally what the priorities were? And then if some of the things you saw that maybe vary between different of the different audiences that you researched? Yeah, absolutely. So the big takeaway was that, you know, for the moment, uh, as I mentioned in episode one, the biggest uh, grouping of businesses are still in a hybrid or remote workplace and plan to be in the next year, but are eventually or would like to have the workforce return to, you know, some sort of central workplace. Um, not everybody, but some of them. And, you know, what we see for the motivation, um, around hybrid work, it's optimizing employee productivity. You know, for those companies who are supporting it today and, you know, want to support it for the long term, they do understand that for some workers, you know, individual employees, they're at their best, you know, in a home office or working in some sort of remote or, you know, if they're a salesperson and they're on the road, they have to be, uh, but they really want to equip them, whether it's through, you know, technology simply to have uh, effective communications or to do better training uh, to, again, to be at peak performance uh, as often as they can. And the other thing that we saw uh, that was really interesting was the reliance on, you know, use of technology uh, to improve employee well-being, you know, and that was something that really came through is that, you know, I think a lot of employers, you know, whether they're the principals or the HR leaders that we surveyed, 
have an understanding of how hard it has been for a lot of their workforce over the past few years to juggle uh, the work tasks that they have and all kinds of family responsibilities, um, you know, whether it's childcare or elder care, whatever pressures they're under. Um, and so it's really heartening to see how much emphasis uh, our survey respondents are putting on making sure that their employees are equipped to cope uh, and that their companies can really help them uh, to be, again, as effective as they can be and ensure that uh, each person can bring, you know, kind of their whole selves to the workplace each right. day, they're, wherever that workplace is. Yep, their best self. Yes, exactly. Um, something I noticed, and and it, you touched on it in the survey, mm-hmm. there was a lot of focus on how to make the remote experience better, how to yes. make the remote work more productive. Yep. But now we're talking about what's happening inside that hybrid office, mm-hmm. what they're doing with communication technology. Uh, you would mention things about conference rooms, conference rooms and, and yes. cubicles. Yep. Tell me a little bit a little bit about that because hybrid work doesn't just impact the, the remote employee, it, yes. it impacts the in-office employee. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. And yeah, so one of the things that jumped out at us was, um, yeah, the difference between how HR leaders are seeing the use of technology to optimize for a hybrid workforce versus principles. So for HR leaders, um, again, it was kind of interesting because it seemed like such a small tactical thing. But for them, the most important use of technology was to make it easy for a hybrid worker to come in and request a workspace or a conference room or whatever they need to be effective in the home office or the central office or, uh, that day. Uh, and for business leaders, it was more about equipping them for uh, training, uh, you know, so to, again, to be sure that their, uh, their skills are as sharp as they can be so they can be as productive as they can be. Um, but we also saw a reliance actually on the part of either HR or uh, business principals for using technology to foster onboarding, um, which is a real challenge when you're talking about hiring someone who is remote and may continue to be remote, um, making sure that they're not just, you know, booked into payroll and signed up for benefits, but, you know, they can really be acculturated effectively uh, and they understand what their goals are and they understand how to achieve those and to communicate with their management uh, most effectively. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of really holistic thinking about how do you use technology to make workers most effective, you know, regardless of how long they've been with you or where they're located. I, I love the technology story. I, yeah. I, I love technology. <laughs> But the training was a part of this story too. And, and not just technology enabling training, yep. but really trying to get people prepared and yeah. acclimated and effective yeah. with new technologies, with new work arrangements, with new work environments. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little, bit about, a little bit about what you saw on the training side. Yeah, it was interesting, Rob, because um, what we would expect going into this is that training just means getting you better at your skills. So if you're a data analyst, you're going to become a better data analyst, so, you know, whatever your job is. But it wasn't just that. Um, so we saw a real emphasis as well uh, on the use of training to help, for example, managers to do a better job managing remote employees, because not every manager has a lot of experience with that. So helping them to understand, again, how do you make sure that your remote employees are engaged? How do you make sure that they understand, you know, whatever might be unique about your work culture? Um, how do you make sure that they're, you know, happy and productive? Um, so the um, use of training is, uh, it was broader than we kind of assumed going into the research. It's one of the things we love about research. There's always some surprise. So it wasn't just 
skills, um, you know, simple, straightforward skills management, but it was really helping managers to help remote employees to be as effective all around in their job as they can be. I thought that was a huge finding. Um, yeah. We expect everybody to adjust. We expect a lot of managers, middle managers, uh, to just adjust naturally to it. And it's a completely different work environment now. So yeah, I, I understand why we would want to bring training in to help them be more effective, be better at, at what they're doing versus, or not versus, but in addition to helping employees be better at what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So a lot of this even plays into the employee experience. And, and what I liked what you did this year was you explored the employee experience. If I'm an HR manager or an HR leader, what's my experience? Mm -hmm. uh, as well as if I'm just a frontline employee, what's my experience? Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what you saw, what you learned about employee experience for those two audiences. We did, yeah. So specifically, we asked a lot of questions around uh, overall business priorities and then you know, drilling down into employee experience. And it was interesting. So burnout and quiet quitting uh, are, you know, continue to be ongoing challenges um, as our productivity. Um, and there were a whole host of other things that, you know, HR leaders continue to be concerned with about engagement. Um, so whether a team is remote or not, making sure that there really are um, you know, focused and motivated uh, on a task. Um, well-being, as I've mentioned, that just came up over and over again as a concern, both on the part of HR leaders and principals. Um, training, skill building uh, were really top plans for the vast majority of the respondents that we surveyed. Um, so it was interesting. And um, what was also interesting as kind of a side note, Rob, was just around HR leaders. They're obviously very focused on, you know, the well-being and the productivity of their team, but they're also thinking about how can they themselves be individual best contributors. So one of the tasks that the came out is that they've kind of set themselves the objective of being as productive for themselves as they can uh, by using productivity or uh, productivity tools, technology for that. Um, so it's great to see that, you know, as service oriented as many HR leaders are, they're also thinking about how can they individually be uh, top contributors to their organization. Once again, plays into that concept of, of digital HR. Yes. Yeah. The last part I wanted to touch on, and this was something you kind of pulled out of the of the research a little bit this difference between advising and and service yes and what business principles primarily were looking for out of a, a out of a partner in this arena can you yeah. shed, shed some additional light on that oh gosh yeah it came up and it's a um, it's absolutely a huge component of being effective you know either as a principal or as an HR leader is understanding how you can get the most you know from your team and from technology so we saw you know really uh, strongly coming out of the data was just a need for help for advice in how do I take advantage of technology specifically uh, to empower my team so if I'm a business principal um, how do I equip my HR lead uh, to be as effective as they can be in their role. And if I'm an HR leader, you know, how can I help the organization set the policies and implement the technology um, to help my team uh, be as productive as it can be? And um, it's overwhelming. You know, there's a lot of different kinds of solutions from very broad to, you know, very niche kind of things um, that for the very smallest businesses that don't have, you know, any kind of HR consultant or any terms of, you know, internal support, um, very challenging for them to try to take 
audience, stay on top of what's available to them uh, and how to implement it most effectively for their organization. But even for HR leaders at the biggest companies, which you'd think would be the best resourced, they still need a lot of help in determining, again, how do they optimize technology? How do they optimize uh, their workforce, whether it's from productivity, overall well-being standpoint? So yeah, we absolutely saw uh, a need for a lot of advice and support uh, on the part of both of the parties that we interviewed. Nice to hear the human element is still important. Yes, very much. Well, thank you, Stu. This was a, a great episode. I really like this deep dive, and I'm looking forward to episode three, where we're going to start diving into benefits and some of the other aspects of what HR leaders are trying to do uh, to take care of their employees. Mm -hmm. Great. Thanks, Robert. It's a pleasure being here. And thank you all. If you're interested in downloading the full Pulse of HR report, we'll have the link in our show notes. Thank you for joining. And as always, please stay happy and healthy. Be sure to subscribe to this and our Paychecks Thrive business podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Looking for more ways to keep your finger on the pulse of industry dynamics? Visit our resource center for the latest research, thought leadership, and news at paychecks.com works. That's W-O-R-X. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, please stay happy and healthy. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023, all rights reserved.